James chapter 4. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. For you ought to say, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is in sin. Let's pray, our Heavenly Father. Lord, we speak much of Thy divine providence. We speak much of Thy sovereignty. Lord, we speak much of the brevity of this present life. And yet so few times do we seriously take time to meditate and contemplate on these things. Father, I pray that this morning You would arrest our hearts and our attentions and Lord, as you remind us once again of the brevity of this life, that it's but a vapor, it appeareth a little time, and it vanisheth. I pray that, Lord, you remind us that there stands in front of us an eternity with God. And that, Lord, until that time comes, Father, Lord, you've called on us to trust in your good providence. If the Lord will. And if we live... Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd guide us and direct us this morning. Help us, Father, dear God, as thy children, to be reminded, Lord God, of these divine truths, that our lives might be truly, wonderfully impacted, that, Lord, we might be humbled by our frailty and the brevity of this life and excited and encouraged and full of hope in the eternity which we have with God. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning to understand this divine truth as only you can. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here, trusting in my Father's wise bestowment. I have no cause for weary or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. It's by the grace of God that God's children come by experience to learn what the hymnist is saying that lovingly it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. How is it that we as God's children so often forget His divine providence and His promise to take care of us and that by our humbly submitting to that divine providence we find all our pleasures and all our delights fulfilled in what He hath ordained. I'm getting ahead of myself, but many times what God ordains is not very comfortable for our flesh, but it is most blessing to our spirit. 
and our state of heart and mind towards Christ. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. How sinfully presumptuous is man, that though his present life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away, he plans and purposes as though he shall live forever. Yet the greater sin in our text is that he does not acknowledge God's sovereign and providential authority over all things. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will. And dearly beloved, I fear all of us have been presumptuous at one time or another. We plan, we purpose, we dream. And then God's providence appears to shatter those dreams or plans. We become disheartened and discouraged. Today's message has come about from a conversation I've had recently with an older saint of God who in their latter years has become greatly disheartened and discouraged by God's dark providence. and lived the Christian life for over 40 years. And yet when God's dark providences come upon us so often, we grumble and we're disheartened and discouraged. If, there, if I've learned anything over the last 63 years in this life, I've learned that this present life is unpredictable, uncertain, and of course, brief. We know not what's on the morrow, and yet we plan and live as though we have forever. I pray this morning by God's grace that we as God's children would learn to live day by day and with each passing moment. To live on the brink of eternity. This dear brother has known and taught and even preached on the providence of God, and yet on the very brink of stepping into eternity, is disheartened and troubled at God's divine providence. And I thought, oh God, if I should linger in this clay, in this flesh, help me never to be disgruntled or discouraged at your providence, even though it's very discomforting to my flesh. God doeth all things good. Sinful man would foolishly believe or at least live his life as though he is full in full control of his destiny. He plans, he purposes, he dreams, he assures himself that such things will be as he has determined and planned them to be. That's to be presumptuous. And yet James says he knows not what tomorrow may bring. Nor does he take into consideration that his life is but a vapor. 
He doesn't only know what tomorrow brings, but he doesn't even consider that his life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Psalmist said it correctly when he said, Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. Christians are called to be pilgrims and strangers in this earth, and yet to look upon some professing believers, you'd believe that they're settling in for eternity in this world. They're planning and dreaming and purposing as though they'll live forever. That this is their home. This is this is where they'll spend eternity. Oh, may the Lord help us this morning. Again, getting ahead of myself. Help us this morning as God's people. It's okay to plan and purpose, even dream. Yet we, we must do it in the light of the brevity of this life and the uncertainty of tomorrow and in accordance to God's sovereign providence. Look over in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Our Lord speaking here. He said, And He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Luke 12:15. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And He spake a parable of them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, there's that psalmist, inward thoughts, and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns. I will build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Presumptuous. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Beloved, it is a sinfully presumptuous and evil thing for man who knows not what tomorrow may bring and whose life is but a vapor to believe that he can determine his own destiny and the length of it while ignoring the divine truth that all things, all things, dearly beloved, in life are accountable and subject to God's divine authority and providence. Let me say that again so that we know that. Even if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. He's still the creator. All things in life, all things in life are accountable and subject to God's divine authority and providence. None can stay His hand. It is here that we as God's people must begin thinking of such things. For we too, even as believers, know not what tomorrow may bring, nor are we spared the brevity of this present life. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will. Their sin was not in their buying, selling, or getting gain, but in their 
being presumptuous that tomorrow was theirs to have and to enjoy. And I'll continue there a year, the man said. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This was the sin. This was the sin of our text. Beloved, it's no sin to buy or sell or gain. No sin to plan or purpose. But all such things must be considered in not only the light of the brevity or shortness of this present life, but even more so in humble submission to the sovereign authority of God's providence. Let me say that again because it's only believers that can grasp and understand that. Everything we plan and purpose in this life is God's people must always be considered not only in the light of the brevity or shortness of this present life, we have not tomorrow promised, but also and more so in humble submission to the sovereign authority of God's providence. Whatever God deems best. That's easier said than done. When I spoke to a man who had years understood and preached the sovereignty of God, and I asked him, I said, you preached for years, you've taught for years the sovereignty of God. Believe in the sovereignty of God now on the doorstep of eternity. And his response was, that's easier said than done. Beloved, this is something that we should always have in a state of mind as God's people. That no matter what happens in this life, no matter what we plan or purpose, no matter how our daily goes, needs go by, we must not only always consider it in the light of the brevity and shortness of this life, not knowing what tomorrow is, but also that our life is but a vapor, but even more so, submit it humbly to the sovereign authority of God's providence. Whatever He deems best. And, beloved, that's not always in accordance to our own will. If the Lord will, you should say, if the Lord will, we shall live. It's amazing how he starts with God's will and then living. If the Lord will, comma, we shall live. If the Lord will is the first and foremost, if it be God's will. You know how flippantly we say that? We'll say something say, hey, well, Lord willing, we'll see you. And almost, it's almost like a lot of other things about the Lord we so flippantly say, and we don't take into consideration what we're really saying. Lord willing. If the Lord will, we shall live. You know, sometimes the hardest thing in the Christian life is submitting themselves to the providence of God when it's dark and mysterious and against everything that our flesh desires and wants. Everything a child of God does in this world, all our plans and all our purposes, beloved, must be considered in the light of eternity and the shortness of this present life. Do you know that? Everything we plan in this life, everything we purpose in this life must be considered in the shortness of this present life. 
and the ignorance of what tomorrow might bring, day by day and with each passing moment. Beloved, that would help us so much to keep our minds on the things of eternity. I believe we don't spend enough time considering these things. And when death finally does come up to our doorstep, we're not prepared for that. We're not ready for that. We've lived so much in the world and enjoyed so much of it that when time comes to pass this life into the next, we're shaken. We should live as God's people on the brink of eternity every day of our life. Everything that we live, everything that we have, everything in this life is but a vapor. Not only is the life, but this world is a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. So when I plan or purpose in the light of that, I won't fix my heart on it. And if God chooses to take it away from me, then I won't be discouraged or disheartened. Our Lord said in Matthew chapter 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, He said, Take no thought for the morrow, for sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Throughout Scripture, we're encouraged to think of not tomorrow, but today. Though all men's lives are but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away, not all men live their lives in accordance to that divine truth. Yet the true believer should consider all his plans and purposes in the light of this present life being brief and a bud of vapor. And in so doing, beloved, he values nothing in this present life more than God himself. We sang the psalm, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. How did he get to that point? How did he get to that mindset? There's nothing in this world he desired. There's nothing in this world he wanted more than God. Everything that you and I at this present moment see with our eyes, literally, is vanity. Perishable. It's a vapor. And when we consider our daily lives in the light of that, dearly beloved, our hearts and our minds will be more fixed, like I said, on the things of above and not on the things of the earth. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. I love how the old psalmist wrote that, or the hymnist. Swift to, clo- to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Yet not only must we as believers consider everything we plan and purpose in this present life in the light of it being so brief, but even more so in accordance, and listen to me, in accordance and humble submission to whatsoever God's sovereign providence ordains. And this, dearly beloved, is not an easy task all the time. For you ought to say, if the Lord will.
if we stay true to Scripture, if we understand Scripture, we know that there's nothing in this life, nothing in this life. We sang, a, we sang one of those hymns that talks about God's providence is towards all creatures, yet particularly to his people. Everything that happens in our lives is in accordance to God's divine providence. Are you following me? Everything. The good and the bad, the comfortable, the uncomfortable, the happy and the sorrowful, the pain and joy, all of that is a part of God's divine providence. For some reason or another, our sovereign God has allowed, permitted, decreed these things to happen. And when we find ourselves submitting to that divine providence, that is when we find the joy and comfort and peace of God which passes all understanding. It's in the context of Philippians. Care about nothing. Don't worry about anything. But by prayer and supplication, make all your quests known and not. And the peace of God which shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God shall keep your heart and your mind. Your heart and your mind. Your heart and your mind. God's divine providence is not subject to our plans and purposes. Nor is it always, if any time, in accordance and agreement to our wishes and our desires. But it is always according to His sovereign will. Listen to me. According to His sovereign will and always, always, first and foremost, for His glory and our benefit for his glory and our benefit it is not it is not subject to our plans and our purposes it's not in accordance or agreements to our wishes and desires but always always according to his sovereign will for his glory and for our benefit always and sometimes we can't see past that dark providence we look at it and it appears as though it's, it's going to humble us, it's going to hurt us, it's going to damage us. And yet God says, no, nothing I do to you shall damage you spiritually. It might weaken your flesh, but it will always, always lead to my glory and your good. For your good is seen only in my glory. Hast thou not seen, praise to the Lord, hast thou not seen how thy desires all have been granted in what he ordaineth? Have you not seen? A providence is kind and large, we sang. Listen. Thy providence is kind and large, both man and beast, thy bounty share. The whole creation is thy charge, but saints are thy peculiar care. Everything God does, everything God permits, everything God allows for his elect children is for his glory and for our goods. And it's when we humbly submit to his divine providence, even though it's contrary to anything we would choose or even desire. 
is when we'll learn to sing with the psalmist, thy loving kindness is great. For like I said, often there is nothing more mysterious and inexplicable than God's divine providence. We read in Psalm 36, 6, thy judgments, providence is what it is, thy providence are great deep. The great deep. Sometimes it's hard to understand them. I like what Flavel said, and I'll quote him twice this morning, but I like what Flavel said. Providence is like the Hebrew word. You have to read it backwards. Sometimes we don't understand providence till we've been through it. We look back and we go, oh, now I see the hand of God. And yet, beloved, sometimes in this present life, we'll look back and say, I still see it dark and mysterious. I know not yet what God meant, what God desired, yet we shall know. Flavel also said, it's my ignorance of God's design. It's my ignorance of God's design that makes me quarrel with him. End of quote. Beloved, it goes without saying that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither our ways his ways. Yet often, very often, God's divine providence seems to be contrary or even against us. And we find ourselves in a very troubling situation. What do we do? Well, like always, we turn to the pages of God's holy word. Look at Psalms 36. Again, I want you to see this psalm, Psalm 36. Look in verse 5. Now watch how the psalmist goes through this. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches under the clouds. It's beyond measure. You want to, one of our greatest sins is ignorance of God. Do you know that? Of who He is. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches under the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. Now watch this. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Though he says in verse 6 that his providence or judgments are great deep, he says, but how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Do you see why it's important for us to understand who God is? I mean, everything about God, his person, his attributes, his mercy, his love, his justice, his grace, his compassion, his patience, his long-suffering. Because when we don't understand the dark providences, we, like the psalmist, turn to his loving kindness and are assured that his providence, though dark, comes out of the loving kindness of my God. You think Job understood what God was doing in the beginning? Job had no idea. As a matter of fact, later on in Job, he says, I looked to the front, to the back, and to the right, and to the left, and I couldn't find God. I didn't know where he was at. But he said, but he knoweth my way, the way that I take. And when he is finished, I'll come forth as gold. You see what he did? 
when one providence, like divine providence, when on one attribute was confusing to him, he turned to the other one. And sometimes that's what we, we interpret one attribute to the light of another. That's why in Lamentations he said, shall God rise up and destroy me? Shall he do away with me? No, that's the failure and that's the weakness in me. My God shall strengthen me. This is my weakness. It's by the mercies of God that we are not consumed. Do you see how the psalmist, how, the, how Jeremiah echoed that? How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God, therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. <clears throat> That's a reference to the church and what preaching does and gives for God's people. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures, for with thee is the fountain of life, and thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to be upright in, upright in heart. Twice in these verses he mentions God's loving kindness. You know not the thoughts I have towards the thoughts of an expected end and not of evil. Though his judgments are a great deep, it is the excellence of his loving kindness that sweetens the soft and bitter pill of providence. For though he caused grief, Lamentations 3 says, listen to this, for though he caused grief, though he caused grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his, what, loving kindness. When darkness hides his face, how does him go, rock of ages? When darkness hides his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Oh, I'm so disheartened when I see so many professing Christians who understand not God. They find no comfort in these things. The churches today are so superficial, preaching fables and storytelling. Christians are not nourished and fed in the doctrines of our holy Christian faith. The Word of God is not being preached their ignorance of God is which is the cause of the majority of their sorrows and discomforts. When I understand not the darkness of God's providence, I trust on his loving kindness. For I know that he will perfect that which concerneth me, the psalmist said. He performeth all things for me. When thou art afflicted, I am afflicted. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will... If the Lord will. To ignore this divine truth, dearly beloved, will only lead to great disappointment and heartache. For if we become disheartened or even discouraged by God's divine providence, hindering or even shattering our plans and purposes that we ourselves have set without acknowledging him, then we have not learned to trust or humbly submit to his divine providence. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but he does. And by submitting to his divine providence, no matter what God divinely ordains for us, 
we humbly submit ourselves to that. And like I said earlier, sometimes that's easier said than done. We never know what God divines for our life, how it works in us in our spiritual relationship with God in the future. You know that? It's part of pleasure and pain, the hymn said. Amen? All things work together for good to them that love God. All things work together. And we all know that verse. It's a medicinal term. God brings the bad and the good. He mixes it together. This might at the moment seem to you or I bad or uncomfortable or unpleasant. But in God's hands, it's good. It's good. John Calvin was had a multitude of illnesses. He woke up every day in pain, literal pain, of all the problems he had medically. And yet he would preach every day of the week, four times on Sunday, write his institutes, and conduct a preacher school. And one day he said something in this sense or in this wise. He said, if I knew not that this was from the hand of God, I would not be able to bear it. But since I know it is from thee, I embrace it. I take it. I accept it. I can bear it because it be of God. The uncertainty, beloved, of tomorrow, the brevity of this present life, and most important, a humble submission to God's sovereign providence. This is how we as true believers must conduct ourselves in this present life. For only then shall we truly be prepared for death and eternity. Why? Because we're living every day on the brink of eternity. My life is a vapor. My plans and purposes, yes, I can plan and purpose, but they're all, they're all a dream in the light of eternity. God can so quickly, and I believe all of us have lived long enough to experience that ourselves, God can so quickly shatter our purposes, our plans, and our dreams. It only takes a minute. One phone call changed my wife's and my life in one second. One phone call. This life is unpredictable. So we live day by day in each passing moment as though it were our last. So that when this life finally comes to an end and vanishes away, however God chooses to lead us out of this life, whether through a quick death, a slow one, pain, or suffering, God give us grace to humbly submit to His providence. And when life, I say life, when God throws a wrench in our plans and our purposes, if we have this divine truth in our hearts and our minds, it'll be so much easier and so much quicker and so much pleasant for us to humbly submit to God's will. Thy will be done. Amen. Our Lord said that in the garden, remember? when He said, Father... Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. We must say, if the Lord will, we shall live.
can do if the Lord will. Amen. May God be glorified and may we ever keep these thoughts in our hearts and our minds on a daily basis because we're all just one heartbeat away from eternity. One heartbeat, that's it. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Will it bring happiness, joy, prosperity, tragedy, sorrow, sickness, pain? Only God knows. So let us today submit to his providence. And whatever God brings our way, may we, by God's grace, with Job, say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you now for this time. Lord, we thank you for reminding us, Lord, not only of the brevity of this life, but also, dear God, that we know not what tomorrow brings. Lord, I pray you'd help us not to be presumptuous, but Lord, as thy children, may we look at all things in this life in the light of the shortness of this life and the uncertainty of tomorrow. And Lord, may we humbly submit to your divine providence, whatever it might be. Father, I pray, I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to know these things of assurity in our own hearts. Father, be with us now, Lord, as we partake of the Lord's Supper. I pray that, Lord, you'd help us as we partake this morning, Father, to do this until he comes. Lord, we look forward to your return. And I pray, dear God, that, Father, it would be quick. Help us, dear God, we long and desire to be home with Christ and away from this world of sin and sadness and sorrow. Lord, I pray that you'd be on and glorified in all we say and do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.